This is AWLS, Podcasts on Wilderness Medicine, from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Hi, this is Richard Ingebretson from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Uh, today we're going to talk about parasites. There are a lot of parasites, uh, too many to go over in a single podcast, but there are some of these that are really important to know and can have an effect on uh, many people as they travel into the backcountry uh, or into parts of the world. I think you can start off by saying that there's basically three kinds of parasites that you should know about. One is uh, a protozoa, the other is a worm, and the technical term for that is a helminth, uh, and the other are the ones that live on our skin, and they call those ectoparasites. Uh, protozoa and helmets pri- primarily get into our guts and cause problems there. The ectoparasites are the ones that get into our skin, or ones like lice, mites, uh, and uh, those kinds. The majority of the protozoa and the helmets tend to be non-pathogenic. That is, we don't even know that we have them, or they might even give a mild illness. However, some of these can cause pretty nasty diseases. Uh, All of the protozoa and helmets uh, tend to be spread by the fecal-oral transmission, uh, where parasites found in the stool of one person end up being swallowed by uh, another person, uh, if that's not disgusting what is. Uh, That really is the most common way of of spread. The initial symptoms tend to be gastroenteritis, uh, some form like diarrhea, when parasites invade the red blood cells or the organs, the consequences can become uh, far more uh, severe. Protozoa are uh, incredibly small. Uh, they're single-celled organisms that multiply very rapidly in the human body. The most common of the protozoa that people know about is Giardia. This has a single two-stage life cycle. Uh, and just explodes uh, into numerous organisms when it gets inside of uh, people or animals. Worms uh, are multicellular organisms, and they usually are visible to the naked eye when they get to be adults. Even when they're small, they can be, but generally at some point they can see them. As a general rule, a worm won't multiply inside the body. Uh, The major groups of worms, and the biggest group is the flatworms, Uh, They literally have flat and soft bodies. Their digestive cavity has only one opening for both the ingestion and removal of food. It's thought that about 80% of all flatworms are uh, are parasitic. Tapeworms are the most common type of flatworms. The other most common uh, uh, type of uh, worm is uh, a nematode, or these are uh, called the roundworms. The roundworms are the most numerous multicellular animals on the planet Earth, and they are found in almost every environment uh, around. Unlike flatworms, they do have a digestive system that extends from the mouth all the way to their anus. More than 50% of the world's population, uh, which is an incredible number, is thought to be affected at one point during their life by at least one of the six main uh, kinds of uh, nematodes, or the roundworms. A good example of these are hookworms, which infest humans by penetrating the skin when they walk on the contaminated soil. This is one reason why it's important when you're traveling and hiking or going to other countries that you wear uh, import, uh, footwear uh, to keep the, the uh, hookworms from getting inside.
the echoparasites uh, are the ticks, the fleas, the lice, the mites. They usually attach um, and burrow into the skin, and they'll remain there for a long period of time. A lot of times they're small and don't even know they have them. Sometimes they're much more problematic like scabies. This is a very contagious skin disease that is marked by itching and small raised uh, red spots and crusty areas that uh, in between the, uh, the toes and the, and the fingers. Scabies for, uh, is usually spread by direct prolonged skin-to-skin contact. Head lice are small wingless insects that live and breed in human hair and feed by sucking blood from the scalp. Some parasites can lie dormant for extended periods of time and you don't even know you have them. This is a problem because it makes diagnosis of parasites to be very, very challenging. Symptoms can be vague and very nonspecific, so you may not know you have them, they're dormant, or the, 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 the symptoms aren't really pronounced. The good news about uh, uh, the worms is that there are medicines that are very effective against them. In fact, they're effective against almost all parasites once they've been diagnosed. Medications often have side effects. Some are minor, some are more severe, but on the whole, uh, medications are very effective. Giardia is probably one of the most uh, well-known of all uh, parasites that humans get. It is so common in the wilderness in the backcountry that a lot of people get this. It's, some estimates are that 20 to 30% prevalence in the world's population, which is quite amazing. The symptoms of Giardia are well known if you've ever had it. What's interesting is the majority of people who are infected with Giardia don't become symptomatic. They will simply pass the cysts in their stool and become carriers of the parasite. However, others develop acute and chronic diarrheal illnesses. Uh, it's probably the most uh, common uh, form of persistent pathogen in people who have uh, persistent diarrhea. Suspicion for giardiasis should be uh, considered uh, if somebody continues to have symptoms, particularly if they've been in the back country. Uh, because giardia infects the small bowel proximally close up by the stomach, multiple stool samples may fail to detect it. Uh, in some cases, uh, doctors have had to go down with a string on a weight, and they do a, a duodenal aspirate to make the uh, definitive diagnosis. But because the this parasite is so uh, prevalent in the world and is so common, uh, you really should treat this just uh, if the symptoms are there and a, and a travel history is there, even if the stool sample uh, is negative. Um, there's a lot of other common uh, parasites that can cause a persistent diarrhea, except, uh, including like Cryptosporidium, Entamoeba histolytica, Cyclospora, but they are really not as common, not nearly as common as Giardia, as Giardia is found in almost every country in the world, and it's found in pristine environments. It's shed by humans, animals, it's found in lakes, river streams, ponds, and almost every body of water, except for maybe salt water. Uh, Giardia uh, exists in two forms. It has the active form, which is called the trophozoite, and it has the inactive form, uh, which is called the cyst. The active trophozoite attaches to the lining of the small intestine is what causes the diarrhea and the symptoms. The inactive cyst exists for very, very long periods outside of the body, very difficult to um, get rid of. Once the cyst is ingested, 
the stomach acid uh, actually activates the cyst and that develops into the disease causing trophozoite and you only need a handful, maybe 10 cysts to cause infection. The main symptom, of course, of Giardia is diarrhea, but uh, flatulence, malaise, stomach cramping, uh, and the, the, the people who get this really smell like rotten eggs. It's one of the few diseases where you can really point to uh, an odor and help to make a diagnosis of this. Uh, they'll get weight loss, and it can be spread. If someone goes to the bathroom in a toilet and the toilet is cleaned by someone else, the, the cyst can be spread that way. So it's contagious that way and can spread among households uh, if you're not careful. The treatment of uh, Giardia is the drug called tenidazole. This is a surprising statement for a lot of uh, people because usually you see them giving metronidazole, its cousin drug, for this. But the tenidazole is the only medicine that's been approved by the FDA in the United States of America for the treatment of GRISs. Tenidazole is highly effective. It's much greater than 90%. It's given as a single dose. And what's even interesting about that is that it's extremely well tolerated. The side effects are pretty minimal. The drug that most people know about, as we said, is metronidazole, but it has uh, significant GI side effects, nausea, and metabolic taste, heartburn, and its efficacy rate is less than that typically of the tenidazole. Despite its effectiveness, metronidazole is not approved by the FDA uh, for the treatment of GRD, although it's given. Furazolidone and quinacrine are effective for treating giardiasis, but aren't available in the USA, but are available around the world. Um, uh, Paromomycin and albendazole are less effective and are not given. Uh, there are some uh, home remedies that, uh, that are good. These natural remedies include grapefruit juice, beet juice, garlic, horseradish, and they all have been mentioned as treatment for giardia. And if you don't want to give a more powerful medicine, you can try those. Uh, they don't have the toxic side effects that, that other ones do have. Water filtration is a ex uh, very uh, excellent way to get rid of the uh, Giardia cyst out of water. The, the cysts are so large. So uh, that may be the only method needed to get rid of the cyst, although we always say you should use at least two methods for treating water. Another uh, parasite that should be uh, discussed is, the, is Cryptosporidium. Uh, often called uh, crypto. This parasite can be spread in several different ways. Drinking water, recreational water are really the most common ways to spread it. The The issue with cryptosporidium is interesting is because it's protected by an outer shell. So it has a particularly high tolerance to uh, chlorine, uh, which allows it to survive for a long time in chlorinated water like community pools. If you're out uh, packing and uh, camping and you have chlorine in your water, it may not get rid of the uh, cryptosporidium. In swimming pools, there have been many outbreaks uh, uh, in county pools because chlorine is not effective. And so the treatment there is to get people out of the water and cleaning and going to the bathroom in uh, toilets. Uh, but cryptosporidium can be found in lakes, rivers, ponds, streams, and other natural bodies of water. So if the water is not treated properly, Hikers and campers are also at risk for uh, developing cryptosporidium. The signs and symptom of cryptosporidium can be confusing because they're uh, uh, nonspecific and they're similar to Giardia. Uh, while it's found in uh, recreational water, symptoms usually don't appear sooner than 10 days or so. 
the symptoms for Giardia can be up to three weeks, and that may be one way you can uh, distinguish between the two is if the symptoms come on sooner, it's more likely to be uh, cryptosporidium. Azithromycin is effective against that uh, particular parasite. But if you're going to talk about a common uh, worm infection, you have to talk about uh, ascariasis. Uh, this is thought to be uh, the most common worm infection in people worldwide. It's estimated that up to a billion people are infected on the planet at any one time. Most people that get uh, the ascarisk worm will not have symptoms. However, a heavy infestation in the intestines can lead to extremely severe complications. Uh, ascariasis occurs most often in children, sadly, it's usually in tropical and some uh, subtropical regions where uh, sanitation and hygiene are, are very uh, poor. It has a, a very interesting life cycle, but the life cycle is important in uh, how the disease is spread and how it's uh, prevented. So uh, the Ascaris worm isn't spread from person to person. Instead, a person has to come into contact with the soil that is mixed with human feces that contain the egg or in, in, in some cases in the water, this, uh, the egg is microsco microscopic and can't become infected without being in soil. So in many developing countries, human feces are used for fertilizer, or other, and otherwise people just go to the bathroom in the soil, and then the, the, uh, the egg is mixed in the dirt. Small children particularly often play in the dirt, and infection occurs if they put their dirty fingers in their mouths unwashed fruits, vegetables, and uh, uh, that are grown in contaminated soil, then can transmit the ascaris egg. Hand washing, cooking food, peeling fruit, washing fruit, washing vegetables and salads help to prevent it. In fact, these are absolutely a must if you're traveling. Ascaris uh, larvae hatch in the small intestine and then penetrate in the intestinal wall and travel to the uh, lungs via the bloodstream. Then they're in the, uh, the lungs for about a week or so, and then the larvae break uh, into the airway and travel up the throat where they are coughed. This then becomes a major symptom of the disease, that is coughing. Uh, they're then swallowed back into the intestine where they'll grow into male or female worms. Female worms are longer than the, than the uh, male worms, but they do get to be quite long, and they can clog up the intestines. The female uh, worm can produce 200,000 uh, uh, eggs a day, which then exit the body in human feces. The fertilized eggs then have to be in the soil for about 18 days before they, before they can become infected. So the whole process from egg ingestion to egg deposits takes two or three months. The ascaris worms can live inside a person for one to two years. There's a lot of good... Um, anti-helminthic drugs such as albendazole and mebendazole, which are usually treated, uh, are used to treat this uh, disease. And you take those for a couple of days and they're quite effective. Hookworms are uh, transmitted in the soil as well, but it's transmitted in a different way. Hookworms are also one of the most common infections in the world. It's estimated to up to uh, 500 million to 750 million people in the world are infected. Uh, uh, Nicator americanus and uh, Ancyclostoma duodenale are probably the two uh, ones that are most uh, infamous. 
They occur in areas where human feces are used as fertilizer or where defecation occurs into the soil. A lot of times this is along uh, stream beds or uh, by ponds or lakes. Most people infected with hookworms have no symptoms, however, uh, and just become carriers. Uh, People who are infected for the first time may have GI symptoms. The most serious effects of hookworm infections are blood loss uh, due to anemia and to protein loss. And uh, one way of testing for hookworms is in children particularly is to look for anemia or pro-protein. They live in the small intestines, and then the eggs are passed in the feces of infected persons. If the infected person defecates outside, eggs are then deposited in the soil, and then the mature uh, uh, worm can penetrate the skin of humans, usually as they walk along, and they hook onto the skin and then burrow in. So uh, the same drugs uh, that, that treat uh, ascariasis, albendazole and mebendazole, uh, are, the, are the best drugs. But the, uh, the main thing with hookworms is you almost always have to treat with um, iron as well because uh, of the, the dangers of, be, of being anemic. Uh, whipworm is uh, yet again another uh, common uh, species of worms that infect humans. Uh, it gets into the large intestine primarily. It's called a whipworm because it resembles a whip. A whipworm infection develops after someone ingests water or dirt with feces containing whipworm parasites. Hand washing, washing foods, and being clean uh, will uh, prevent this. Anyone who has come into contact with contaminated feces can also contract a whipworm infection. It's really common in children. It is also more common in people who live in regions with hot, humid climates and poor hygiene and sanitations. The larva and the adult worm live in uh, the intestines of the humans. It can cause severe and painful bowel movements, which contain a mixture of blood, mucus, and water, and, and that becomes a way of diagnosing it. Because the worm consumes food and nutrients, uh, children are, with whipworm infections are uh, at risk for growth, retardation, anemia, and cognitive, impairments, uh, cognitive impairments. So when enough worms congregate near the rectum, it can prolapse, uh, causing uh, pain. Uh, trichinosis, which is sometimes called trichinellosis, is uh, caused uh, by uh, the trichinella genus worms, and it's uh, contracted by eating raw or uncooked meat from animals that have been infected with this. A classic sign of trichinosis is the periorbital edema that occurs around the eye uh, via vasculitis, but it uh, can also cause leg edema, heart failure, and renal failure. Uh, as well. Uh, If you eat the uh, trichinosis uh, parasite, the acid in the stomach releases the larva, which invade the intestinal mucosa, and then that will uh, get into the adult worm. The adult worm releases more larvae that then get into the circulatory system, which then encase themselves in the victim's muscles. Uh, And that uh, leads to wherever the muscles are infected, myocarditis, encephalitis, muscle pain, weakness, it can get into the lungs, causing pneumonia. The severity of the symptoms is caused by the larval migration from the intestines uh, and depending upon the number of larvae that are produced. As the larvae migrate through the tissue and vessels, the body's inflammatory process results in edema, muscle pain, fever, and weakness. Usually uh, you diagnose this with a serology, and you don't usually have that in the wilderness or on your backcountry trips. 
So I uh, usually have to find it on a muscle biopsy where you can see them. You can also diagnose it clinically or if you know or suspect it. Often a CBC will show an increase in eosinophils, which is not often the case with um, other uh, uh, worms. Um, the, the safe and effective prescription drugs are available uh, to treat this uh, disease, and it should begin as soon as possible. The treatment decision will be based on symptoms and usually an exposure to raw and uncooked uh, meat uh, that the uh, patient has uh, had. And the last worm uh, that we're going to talk about in this uh, podcast is a tapeworm. This, again, is caused by all of them by ingesting food or water that has been contaminated with the eggs. Uh, the tapeworm is the last uh, worm that we're going to talk about in this podcast, um, and usually caused by ingesting food or water contaminated with uh, tapeworm eggs or with the larva, which is uh, not always the case with other worms. If a person ingests certain tapeworm eggs, they can migrate outside the intestines and form larval cysts in the body tissues and in organs. However, if they eat a tapeworm larva, they develop into adult tapeworms in the intestines. Intestinal tapeworm infections are usually mild with only one or two uh, adult tapeworms, but invasive larval infections can cause extremely uh, serious complications. Uh, Taeniasis is the name of the intestinal infection caused by the adult tapeworm, and there are three tapeworm species that cause uh, this disease in humans. Tinea solium, Tinea saginata, and Tinea asiatica are the, are the three. Uh, only uh, Tinea solium causes major health problems. This happens after consuming the cysts and undercooked meat. Humans will develop uh, Taeniasis, uh, which is a tapeworm infection. These worms then lay eggs that are passed in human feces. Muscles infected with tapeworm cysts, however, result from eating feces contaminated uh, with the tapeworm eggs. Persons with uh, uh, tineiasis may have mild or no symptoms at all. Uh, it, it depends a lot upon the human and how they react. They can, however, experience uh, abdominal pain, loss of appetite, weight loss, upset stomach, things that are very common and may be hard to diagnose, Where so uh, a medical history becomes very important. A visible symptom of tineiasis is the passing of the tapeworm segments uh, out of the rectum into the feces, uh, and that is one way that you can make that diagnosis. The development of cysts in muscle or brain tissue called cystosarcosis is caused by larval cysts of the tapeworm, taneosolium. A person can uh, contract cystosarcosis by swallowing eggs found in human feces of someone who's had uh, a tineal tapeworm. And that's the difference in this particular case. So the eggs hatch and the larvae enter the systemic circulation and then bur uh, burrow into the striated muscles. Sometimes these larvae can make their way into other tissues, including the brain, eyes, or spinal tissue, and then this can uh, result in neurologic problems. A lot of MRI scans uh, that are uh, incidentally done uh, discover these uh, problems within the brain. This is a serious issue and uh, needs to be treated immediately, and while not common in wilderness travel, it is could be more common in uh, third world travel. Actually, there's one more parasite I want to mention that just comes to mind, uh, and that is one that causes Chagas disease. It is caused by the parasite, the, the Trypanosoma cruzi. 
the tritomine bug, which is also ca- called, the, uh, called the kissing bug or the assassin bug, it's got a number of names, can live indoors in the cracks and the holes of, of housing, usually it's substandard housing, but it can also be beneath uh, porches between rocky structures and rocks wood. And in brush piles, they live in barks and rotor nests. Uh, the animal uh, where animals burrow can live in outdoor uh, dog houses or in kennels. Uh, it is making a big comeback in the southern United States, Mexico, Central America, South America, as far south as uh, Argentina. Uh, the parasite uh, that causes the disease is found in the bug's feces. The transmission of Chagas disease from the uh, triatomine bug to a human is not easy. The bug generally defecates in or near a person while it's feeding on his or her blood. Generally, this happens when the uh, person is sleeping. The transmission of the disease, however, occurs when the fecal material uh, gets rubbed into the bite or wound or into a mucous membrane like the eye or the mouth. Uh, That's when the parasite enters the body. So it's not an easy spread. Uh, one of the most recognizable signs is called Romanus sign, and it's the unilateral swelling of an eyelid caused either by rubbing the infected feces of the bug into the eye or a bug bites uh, uh, near the eye. It's important that not all of the triatomine bugs are infected with the parasite that causes Chagas disease. Uh, upwards of 20 to 30% of the people that do have the disease get heart problems, and that's probably one of the reasons why I thought to mention this, is they get a cardiomyopathy, bradyia, arrhythmias, heart block. They can even get ventricular arrhythmias for this. It's estimated that about a quarter of a million people in the United States right now are infected uh, with this parasite. There are a lot more parasites to discuss, but these are the common ones that we want uh, to talk about in this uh, uh, podcast. Uh, Well, this ends the podcast, and again, uh, thank you for listening.